It's that time of week once again. Welcome back to the Disruptive AF Podcast. It's your favorite time where we are talking about the edge of innovation right here with myself, Trigger Jordan, and my favorite brosif, Dan Holter, who is bringing us the truth and in innovation each and every week. And Dan, I got to be honest, I'm really, really, really excited about this podcast. I really I'm, am. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty excited myself. I can tell and I can feel it. I can feel it yeah. in the bones through the airways right now. The, listen, there's so much, like that. <laughs> there, there are a lot of exciting things we talk about here on Disruptive AF at the edge of innovation. But one of them that is honestly has transformed the way the Air Force thinks, the way that we move, the way that we acquire things is literally uh, the, this organization called Rapid AX, that is, uh, Rapid AX, Rapid X, that has really broken the mold for how we're able to quickly move through the acquisition environment and contracting. And today we have with us the madam, the myth, the legend herself, Carrie Martin, who uh, there's so much that we can describe about her right now, uh, but we're just going to get straight into it. I'm not even going to read the, the liner because there's so much that she has done. Uh, there's not enough words to describe it. So one, Carrie, welcome to Disruptive AF Podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Hi, thank you for having me on. Well, for sure. So first, tell us uh, where you're from and a little bit about your background, and then uh, then we'll dive into Rapid X and everything that has been going on in your world <laughs> in the last several months. Because oh my gosh, just hearing about it before we started, it's amazing. So so where are you at right now, and kind of what's your background? So I'm here at Shepard Air Force Base. I work for the 82nd Contracting Squadron. Uh, as far as my background, I'm actually from here in Wichita Falls, uh, Texas. Um, I started working here in contracting in 2009 as an intern. Uh, I was working here while also playing college softball. Uh, so I've always kind of been mad as far as wanting to overcommit myself to things because <laughs> uh, I was a Division II athlete. Um, I graduated college early, uh, so I started my master's and had to be full-time in my master's to be able to continue playing softball. And then I was full-time here because uh, the internship program ended once I got my bachelor's degree. So that's kind of my background there. Um, I became a team lead in January 2016 and then have recently promoted up to the flight chief of our specialized acquisition flight wow. uh, while being parallel to involvement with the RapidX team. Because RapidX is, um, we'll talk more about that later, but it's kind of more of a, a movement rather than an organization. Yeah. No, so, so what I'm getting from that is that you you have a little trouble being getting motivated to do things. <laughs> right. Right. Don't be so lazy, Carrie. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Pick it up. Oh, that's wild. So, you know, uh, before we started, you, you were actually mentioned not only um, uh, your involvement with the 82nd Cons and RapidX, but personally, you had a lot. I mean, this is a great snapshot of of our people across the Air Force is so your husband's been deployed for the last seven months. Yes. Right. Uh, that's a, that's enough of a challenge. Not alone. That that also including that you have a toddler at home. I do. And you just decided to move houses. I did. I'm gonna. <laughs> And I moved houses because I'm in the process of building a house. Oh my gosh. And then you have the COVID response taking place, which I'm sure has just been, you know, in regards of rapid X that we're getting into talking about. So, it, it, I mean, you have so, you have had so much going on, but you still have time to be able to jump into rapid X and be able to, to really launch into as rapid X has been hugely important with this whole pandemic. 
Yes, for sure. Uh, it's too important and it's too exciting not to be involved in it. So it's kind of like one of those things that, oh, you never work a day in your life if you, you know, if you love what you do. Yeah. It's kind of those things like you're willing to be overcommitted and to spend that extra time when you, when you want to be involved in something so badly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so rap- I, I, yeah, yeah, I've been hearing a lot about this rapid X thing. It's a, and I, and all I'm really under, understand about it is that it's an acquisitions like innovation sort of initiative or, or team. Can you, can you just dig into that a little bit? What it is that rapid X is and kind of how it got started? Yes, I can. So Lieutenant Colonel, uh, Jorge Manresa, a year ago, actually, um, exactly a year ago, I was in Las Vegas at a workshop that he decided he was going to put on because he was determined that there were these other contracting tools out there that we were not taking advantage of. So in a roundabout way, we had made that connection and we had decided we were going to send two people to this workshop in Las Vegas. And that's when uh, Colonel Manresa and we were at the the, Vegas, the AFWorks Vegas hub and he taught us about using some of these tools like a CSO. Um, a cyber contract, kind of a little bit about the challenge prize process. Uh, and he just kind of decided, you know what, we're going to do a follow on workshop. And he kind of got people drawn in to attending these workshops to learn more about these tools. And that's when he kind of reached back to us at 82 cons and said, Hey, we want this to be more of just a, a workshop. We're not, we don't want to just call it a rapid X workshop where we're basically, it's like rapid acquisition uh, mindset. We want to make it a movement. And so he kind of coined the term coalition of the willing and he reached out to us. He's actually the reason we implemented some pilot training, uh, integrated training device BPAs, because he was like, there's a need in AETC for these pilot training devices. And everyone's trying to buy this stuff, but it, it, it's lagging longer than it should. He's like, you guys should look into creating an AETC wide BPA that's decentralized that all of our pilot training units can can buy off of. So initially we were just a group of misfits within our local squadron that said, we're gonna do something different. And we, BPAs are supposed to be simple and we struggled. So getting that mindset and learning to be innovative is not something that sometimes comes naturally. Yeah. Uh, and so that was, I would say that's kind of where the whole ball started rolling for, for RapidX. And then we just decided that we were going to just call it the rapid X team. We pulled people in from across our squadron. And so everyone worked in their own flights, but on these special projects, you were part of rapid X and you were kind of earning your badge and your keep. And then it's been like a grassroots movement. It's been culminating and evolving in every workshop that Carmen Rissa holds. We pull in more people. And so my mission was I, I went to every workshop, but I brought somebody different from my squadron every time to get people excited. And as, they were involved in these projects. It was kind of like, Hey, you, you're the next one coming to the workshop yeah. Uh, because you've, you've been working really hard and you need to see what, what we're doing. And now it's kind of culminated into Colonel Manresa's leading the charge on the COVID response, as far as supplementing all the acquisition stuff. And we've got rapid Excels and we're doing workshops virtually every week to bring more people on board. Yeah. That is, I mean, that's, I love finding the similarities from week to week to week when we're talking about innovation, when you're talking about getting that mindset. And again, Dan, we find ourselves uh, talking about another phenomenal movement where people say, you know what? It was kind of hard to get started. It was kind of hard to break through that ground. And frankly, there's probably some parts where it's like, oh man, you're kicking off the rust. You're kicking off the 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 kind of the the way that we've been doing business for a long time. It's like you throw that to the side and 
and you're launching into this new thing, what were some of the challenges that you had? And you can, if you would be as transparent as you can, because that's one of the things that when we talk about breaking out of the mold and getting into a new mindset and, and kind of breaking out of that past, um, it's a challenge. Why? What, what was that that you guys went through? So I would say contracting is a very traditionalist kind of career field. You have, this is how you do a contract. This is how we've always done it. Um, even like the BPAs, Air Force years ago was like, we're not doing BPAs anymore. We can't track them. It's hard. And so when Lieutenant Colonel Rice was like, we're going to do B BPA, I was like, I've been in contracting 10 years and I've never done done one of those. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so Can the regs on it are so simple, right? What, what are BPAs real quick? It's a blanket purchase agreement. So basically it's not even a contract. It's like, I'm going to work with you company and I'm going to get pre-negotiate some set prices. And so we've done the legwork for other people who now can come in and just make orders off of that um, as individual units. So or for, for user, for user, if I can just walk people through this, because I'm just, I'm a, I'm a pilot that doesn't know can, contracting or now I do, but I didn't. So when we said, Hey, we want to buy these VR things. I didn't realize that the normal standard process of acquisitions mean you have to put out a bid, a, a request, people bid on it. You have to wait 30 to 60 days for, to come back. Uh, that's the normal process. If you have something that is outside the normal and you say, hey, I need to purchase this specific thing. You, as the individual who wants to buy it, has to go out and find, compete it three different ways to be able to make sure that you're getting the best price and then come back and get all the, all the paperwork lined up for it. And if, if you're just, if you're an operator at the unit, I don't know how to do this. Like, a, I, this is, I don't know how to do this. But what a BPA, a blanket purchase agreement does is it says, hey, You've already negotiated this. You've already talked to the businesses. I, as a user, can literally just say, hey, I need 10 of these. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then the nice thing about that is, too, is if you've got a government purchase card holder, things that are pre-negotiated on a BPA, you can use your GPC card up to 25000 when normally you can only use your GPC card up to 10000 So the BPA yeah. also gives you more flexibility as far as being able to swipe your card instead of even reaching out to your contracting squadron uh, to get them to place the order to begin with. It gives you a little bit more flexibility. And, yeah, I think that this this conversation really highlights what like, because I'm, I'm really interested in digging into the value to the airmen that you're bringing. Because mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. one of the things that's bothered me about the whole, you know, uh, the acquisitions for me as somebody who's been junior enlisted most of my life is I'm like, I know that this technology exists, right? I know what I can do on my cell phone or on software on my computer at home. I'm not allowed to do things that well at work because we don't have it. And that whole process is just this mysterious place where people speak a whole other language. And it, the second I put my foot in, in the door, I'm like, I do not belong here. So I, like, I'm really fascinated with this idea of making those you know, those, that sort of complex world more accessible to the end user. So you're going to gonna end up making me take a tail to a different direction because you mentioned something and we've built something actually at 82 cons to help with that, right? Cause you feel lost. So we actually have a website, 82 cons.com and we've built um, several doodly videos that go through basically telling you what is a form nine? What is that? What is a requirement? How do you build 
an independent government estimate. If you are doing a requirement, what are the things that you need to be able to give your contracting squadron in order to purchase it? We yeah. also have a like a decision tree on it too. So that way it can kind of walk you through like, can I use my JPC card or do I have to go down the contracting path? Yeah. Um, so we built that website as a resource for users. That's something we've been trying to highly publicize. Um, and then as we continue to develop it, we take feedback. And so as people are like, that's great, but you didn't talk about this and I need to be educated on this process. And then we, we go into making a new video. So we're producing yeah. all of our own videos for that. That, that, awesome. uh, that is huge. Jordan, if we can make sure let's get the link to that, um, where people can just copy and paste it through it and there, go to the website and find the information. Is that, is that, uh, on, uh, is that on AFNET on the government network? So most of it is accessible on AFNET. So we did put all the videos on, um, MillTube so that way awesome. they can be, uh, checked through the AFNET. The only thing that does not work right now is our Zing tree, which is the decision tree app. Okay. So you have to do the decision tree, uh, on a commercial network. That's huge. I mean, first, thank you for doing that. Uh, Jordan, we'll make sure we get the links so people can uh, have the links uh, to be able to go to that or at least send it to themselves so they can get it on AppNet. That is absolutely huge. And you you uh, summarized something there that's absolutely important that Dan started uh, you know, talking about and going down the path of, of getting it easy to use for the operator. Because I, yeah, I've been in the Air Force for 12 years now, and ask me how many financial or acquisition or contracting classes I've had as a pilot to teach me that process. I know you, you how know, many, how many none, have you had? None, none, <laughs> no, no, none, none. I don't know. But then you move up and educate, you move up in, in positions and you have, you know, additional duties and you get involved in this and somehow you're, you're supposed to just figure it out. But that's the nature yeah. of what innovation is, is you yeah. find yeah, and I think that you know, most of the time, what happens is is there's this assumption that we don't get to have those things. Like I know a lot of people who are just like, yeah, I don't know the you know the people upstairs. They get to pick what what we use to do our jobs, and we just have to live with that. Which is crazy when you think about it, because who knows how we can do our jobs better? It's it's us. It's the people doing our jobs, right? So if if we could identify a better way than just just getting those that stuff that's currently in the minds of you know those those acquisitions professionals and make it accessible to people on the ground that that's such an exciting idea for me that's huge hey we're going to take a break real quick and when we come back we're going to dive back into with carrie uh what has been going on with rapidx during this whole COVID movement the importance of what that has meant of how much has been able to help. And then also, what does it mean for you, the listener out there at your unit, wherever you're at, what does RapidX mean to you and how can you utilize it to be able to help you get the things you need to be able to do the mission the best you can? Okay, we're going to be right back here on the Disruptive AF Podcast. Thanks for tuning in right here. Are you listening to this podcast and wondering what you should do to get started? Join AFWorks weekly office hours call to hear about different resources and programs available to you and the rest of the defense innovation community. Tune in at the link in the show notes every Monday at 1 p.m. Central to hear more. Hey, welcome back to Disruptive AF Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Trigger Jordan, and my new friend, Carrie Martin. 
uh, with 82 cons. Uh, she's the flight chief there and the RapidX lead for AFWorks operations support. So we covered some of the stuff that 82 cons or, or RapidX specifically is is like particularly doing on the edge of, of acquisitions, right? Uh, but there's still this whole other world there of acquisitions of the traditional process. Um, and I would imagine that you probably have a ton of people who are like, that's where the acquisition is happening, right? It's happening on the edge. And, and, and they're like, let's go to the, let's go to the new thing. Where would you have people start? Where would you have an airman, a flight chief or whoever at the unit level start if they have a need that they that they've discovered and there might be a capability out there that they that they just want to get their hands on so honestly and this is something where we see people kind of misstep you guys want to get contracting involved early and often so reaching out to your local contracting squadron um, to help you plan your acquisition so something general holtz really coined is mission focused business leader so we are not only um the trigger puller on executing your requirement, but we are here as business advisors to help you plan your acquisition. Because the reality is, is if you know what you need, I need this widget, it does X, Y, and Z, and I need it to have this certain um, capability added to it as well, and you, you know all of that, then a traditional contracting process may be exactly what, what we can do. There's lots of vendors available for that, uh, we can maybe use simplified acquisition, put it on the streets, get quotes back, get it awarded very quickly. Um, so we don't want people to think that every acquisition requires some kind of innovative uh, approach. Uh, innovation sometimes can be remembering that the traditional process works for a reason. Uh, and so I think sometimes we get out on the edge and everyone wants to live on the edge and sometimes we overcomplicate things. And so I would say RapidX is big about knowing our full toolbox and realizing that a good portion of the tools in the toolbox are traditional uh, tools that we've always been using. Yeah. And where would they go to, to, to reach those traditional tools? Cause you know, like I, I don't think that I was ever, and it sounds like your the website was at 82cons.com. Is that right? Yes. Uh, has some of those. Yeah has some of those pathways and and to, to access, you know, I, I think it makes sense that we, we don't want to be throwing out the baby with the bathwater, right? Um, but, you know, that we should probably be changing the bathwater, not to get too deep into that allegory. <laughs> but <laughs> where do we... Uh, where do we get started at, you know, at that ground level? Where, where would you suggest that people turn first? To be quite honest, the, what we we do a lot of customer education here at Shepard Air Force Base, just because we want to make sure people are not going down that lane. I would say the very first thing you do is you, you raise your hand and you get in touch with your local contracting squadron. Because even with our resources on 82cons.com, every single squadron and executing unit is going to have maybe their own templates or their own uh, isms uh, to get started. And so I just think that that is incredibly important to make sure that that is something that they are reaching out to because you never want in, as a contracting officer to have someone bring you something and they've picked a large business, um, sole source, and they're wanting to just feed it to you because we do have certain regs that we have to meet. So if you guys didn't know, we have socioeconomic goals that we have to meet as far as small business. Um, we have competition goals where we have to compete things. And a part of that is 
to being fair for all because we are the government, right? If we were individuals and we found something that works, we're just going to go with that every single time. But it's our money and our time that we're spending. And so being that we work for the government, we have a, an obligation to kind of be fair to all. And so that's why our laws are written the way they are. And so if they get in touch with their contracting team up front, it, it keeps them going down the right path. And that helps ease up some of those frustrations uh, when they think that they've got a plan, when their contracting person can go, nope, go forth with that plan or nope, here's the things that you need to look at first. You know, there, there is something really important in what you just said about getting connected up front first, because for us, when we, I mean, you, you were there helping us, helping us through this process as we we're going through this whole um, UPT VR simulation buy-in software and a bunch of other stuff. Is that when you, you know, we, we looked at, as a spark cell, we looked at the, the process of acquisition and how long it took to be able to get it from the time that we said, Hey, we need to get this thing to the time that we actually received the thing or that the purchase order went out to be able to do it. It was extensive. And, and you, initially we looked at it and we said, Oh yeah, why isn't contra contracting factor? Why isn't, why isn't acquisition factor faster? The reality was it was that our, it was our limitation we were imposing upon ourselves by waiting to the very last minute to bring them into the fold. And when we actually brought contracting in, we brought the RA in and we bought, brought FM into these conversations of the things we need to purchase, everybody was able to go out and start focusing on what they needed to do to streamline it. And we saw a process go from about a month and a half to get something done to about a week and a half, literally because you bring people into the conversation, they identify what it is that they need to do. They identify maybe the resource or the avenue they can do it and they're, and they're out. So when you actually submit it, it's not a, uh, you didn't add that form. Uh, you didn't do this right. It's a, no, everything's lined up. We know what we need to do and we can press submit and get the button done. Now it's not always, always that fast, but it's seriously, I'm, I'm telling you, it's game changing. It, it, it's mindset changing. In fact, sometimes getting in touch with us, we know that tools are available, um, that you don't. So for instance, we had two organizations, both trying to buy Motorola LMRs, super simple buy. But since we knew that they were both trying to buy it, we were able to combine them into one purchase and get it pressed forward more quickly for both of them. And we didn't have to duplicate workload on our contracting team or with the BPAs. You know, we were, we could establish a BPA for, we have one for boots uh, for some of our tech training. So instead of them doing a buy for boots every time or any organization. So when someone comes to us and they go, I want to buy some boots, we go, oh, great. We've already got a BPA for that. Tell me how much you need and we can execute. And they might have gone through a lot of time and effort doing their own research and finding their own prices yeah. and everything else when we already knew that there was a vehicle in place that we could quickly execute for them. Yeah. That's yeah. so useful. That reminds me of this, this thing that I think about a lot of times with innovation where a lot uh, I think that a lot of times when people break through a barrier, they they are like, we did it. And then they, and then they start sprinting, right? And they fail to think of the fact of whether they left the trail behind them available for other people to use after them. I really like that idea of, of you know, the blanket purchase agreement being a, a pathway for people that you can anticipate needing this thing in the future so that it's not just the same breakthrough process for everybody else who comes after. I think that's an important thing to note. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we've really kind of started doing in the last couple of years is taking a step back and going, Okay, is this something somebody else is going to want to buy? And how often? Because yeah. if it, we can set up a different type of vehicle to allow more people to use it and save us manpower. Because 
all of these things that we're talking about, it's not just time on your end, it's time spent by my contract specialist that I would love for them to be doing other things and opening up other uh, avenues of learning or getting involved with special projects by, you know, setting those things aside and getting those vehicles set up. Yeah. So I'm going to ask a question that potentially could get you in trouble. Okay. <laughs> the transparent question. This is what we do at Disruptive AF. We ask the questions that everybody's afraid to ask and, and then we answer them and hopefully we, we don't get in trouble for them. But here's the question. Is it not every, not every place has the mindset that you guys have at 80 second cons, not every place. Now I'm, I have no doubt that every, uh, organization has the same pain points, but as you know, there's those people who are willing to press the test and push forward. And then there are the, those people who are not. Yeah. What, what does an individual do if they find that their organization is stuck in a rut and they, and they have tried and they can, they're not getting any help and they're not getting like, they don't have the, the wisdom. They don't have the experience to know what they need to do. And maybe they don't know how have the time to be able to do it, but they find themselves in a spot where they're not getting the help they need. How, how do they, how do they move forward? What do you do? How do you build a relationship that has been, it, it might be forged in kind of the status quo. Oh, that's tough. So admittedly, we've always kind of had a really open mindset here at 82 con. So it wasn't just us going to that workshop and coming back and going, we have to change our organization. Yeah. We've always been the type that's like, no, we want to help. We are out here to help meet the mission. We are not just paper pushers every yeah. year. That's tough for me because I can't relate to that problem. <laughs> uh, that's, that's honest. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I just can't. However, I would say that I, I could see people being more successful with, with increments of wins yeah. rather than trying to come in and flip the script. So I, admittedly, I say that I don't have relation to this problem, but I will say years and years ago, we had a lieutenant come in and he wanted to take contracting paperless, right? Which everything's paperless now. But back yeah. then, yeah. he was, I'm going to write this bullet background paper. I'm going to do it. I'm going to push through the Air Force. We're going to take Air Force contracting paperless. And I fear that this is probably what's happening to a lot of organizations. He got shot down and then he lost all of his motivation. And so what I would encourage people to do is even if you take a loss here and there, don't stop. Yeah. Because you're not always going to be able to change people. And with government service, you guys know this, you've got people who've been in positions for many years and they don't want to change and they're not going to change. Yep. And you can't do a lot about it. So I would say yep. you have to inspire your own positivity. You make increments of change that are within your power. Yeah. Uh, sometimes your change is your attitude and the way you look at things, even if you can't change policy. Yeah. And so I would say that's where, where people need to start. Um, and it's okay to have those conversations amongst your teams about, you know, what if, if you could change it, what would you change just to get yeah. people thinking about it, even if they can't change it within their own organizations. Mm -hmm. That's about yeah, the best that, advice. Oh my goodness. So much, so much of what you just said is, is like <laughs> so, so powerful. And I just yeah. realized this podcast is going to last another two hours because uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the first thing, the first thing I heard was that the culture was there first before the whole rapid X thing, which is a really important thing uh, to note and something that 
that we can do kind of in just looking at the units around us or, or our, uh, the culture that we're in, recognize what is the state of the culture? Are we capable of trying something a little bit different, trying something a little daring? And what do we need to do to be able to get there? The other thing that I heard uh, is this idea of incremental movement. So I'm going to nerd out a little bit. I'm in the middle of a class that's talking a lot about complex systems. And one of the interesting things about trying to change things in a complex system is that you can pull and pull and pull and think that you're going to get somewhere and it will snap right back to, to where it was because there are bigger attractors that are keeping that system in its kind of homeostasis and its kind of orbit around, you know, the, the current system. So one, one thing that is, I think, important for the, for the innovators to note is that, uh, and we saw it with the, the development of the electronic flight bag. We talked about that he didn't bring out this massive, I'm sorry, he, I'm getting excited. He didn't, oh, it smokes. <laughs> he didn't bring out this massive shift from the status quo. What he did was he identified what is the small incremental change that I can introduce that will survive within the current system. And that is so key because there are things that are trying to hold the system in place. And it's not necessarily because people are bad. Uh, it's just, that's the way the complex systems work. So being able to identify those alternate potential states and then kind of shift things in that direction. And that's kind of what MVPs are, are for, right? Or prototypes or telling stories about what's possible is because it makes things more possible to shift in that direction. And I think that is uh, just, you know, the guy had a great idea, make things, uh, make things paperless. We all know that that is a no duh idea now, but, and it's so yeah. sad that, that somebody would burn out on such a, a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an obvious thing that we should have done, uh, yeah. you know, years ago. Uh, but I, I think that you're right. I think that people are burning out all the time because they are recognizing they have a moonshot and they're recognizing the value of it, but they don't have, you know, how do we start with the culture? How do we start with identifying what's possible for people to accept? You know, how do we identify what's holding us back in the current system? And I'm going to pitch just my whole thing, which is that we need to be engaging in more like continuous discovery around yeah. what our pain points are, what our culture yeah. looks like, what that feels like for the, for the airmen. Uh, yeah, no, you just, you, you got me inspired, Carrie. Yeah, the, it could, couldn't be more true. And one of the things I'd really encourage our listeners to think about is that, you know, we're all going to encounter people that, that if you look at them, it's, it'd be easy to say, Oh, you're, you know, you're stuck in the old way. You're the frozen metal, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is they're human and they've had experiences that have led them to be frustrated. And one of the things that I have found that is the most helpful is, is block out on your calendar. And I know it's easy to be, get, get frustrated with the situations and the people who seem like you're, you're never going to break through. But block out an hour, schedule time with them, and go sit down and talk with them. T take them a six-pack, take them a cup of coffee, take them whatever it is, and say, listen, I, I know it sounds like you're very, it sounds like there's been frustrations. And here's my frustration. I want to help me to understand what I, I want to understand your your point of view. Why is it that you say this is impossible? Why is it that you say that you know we're not going to be able to do that? And when you take when you prioritize them over the project, everything changes. I would go so far as to say a hundred percent of the time, well, okay, ninety nine percent of the time, if you will stop and take the time to invest into the individual, 
instead of continuing to just beat your head against the wall with a project, you will actually get somewhere. You will actually start seeing results. And this is one of the things that, and it, one of the things I love about innovation is that when you think about innovation, you're valuing the individual. You're not devaluing the project. You care more about the relationship and the ideas and, and creating a culture in which everybody can be in, not just inclusive, but everybody can play their part. And we celebrate the parts that people play. Some people are coders. Some people are visionaries. Some people are finance people. And we don't try to be everything. We, we capitalize on what we do well. And I just like to encourage people. I know this turns into a behavioral science and a relational thing, but I'm just telling you, we would be so much better off in the Air Force if we would stop stop focusing necessarily on the project and start focusing on the individual we would you things would move so much faster if you would just stop to have a conversation that's my soapbox no i agree but i'm sure being air force you've taken the four lenses so i'm gonna guess that you've got a little blue in your color wheel uh would you, you be mad if i said i have no idea what you're talking about really <laughs> a lot of classes Air, Air Force, they love to do the four lenses. I'm really surprised you've never done the four lenses. Yeah, I've done the four lenses a couple of times. I always forget my colors, but yeah, I, I think I think I might be bluish, greenish, something. something yeah. in there. I, I would call trigger um, orange, which is the spontaneous, go get a big personality type with a no. <laughs> Blue is your kind of more in touch with your emotions and feelings and being able to understand people and that, you know. Anyways. Yeah, it's so important to have people who understand that that human element. And that's, I think, like a lot of this is a common thing that I've heard in a lot of these leadership stories is that it actually started with that human element. It yeah. didn't start with the technical thing. Right. Because if you can have the most brilliant solution on the planet. But if you don't bring people along, if you don't get their story out there to to like change hearts and minds and get them on the same page that this brilliant technical solution needs to be adopted it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah yeah couldn't agree you more business it's it's the the way you connect with people even when describing your innovation you've got to you've got to connect with someone so they fully understand it so the people element is absolutely huge it's not huge. only involved in it but how you relay that innovation to other people Man, only here on the Disruptive AF podcast can you start off talking about contracting and end up talking about relationships. It just, this is what happens here. Oh man, that's so good. Hey, real quick, we're going to go to our uh, parting shots and just go around the horn. Carrie, starting with you, what's the one thing before we get out of here that we, you want people to know about RapidX, about contracting, about acquisitions? Uh, the one thing I want everyone to know is that we are not, we are not here to stop your requirement. And so I will say that the big thing with RapidX is that we are going to continue to be a movement and we're going to continue to get to those contracting people that maybe are called the frozen middle. And we're going to try to inspire them and help them really embody the mission focused business leader um, mentality that General Holt is pushing. And yeah. uh, that if you will involve us early, I promise that we will be more helpful than, than you can imagine in getting your requirement. That's good. That's good. Dan. Yeah, I've heard a couple of really great things from Carrie today. And and like the first thing was was just this idea of blazing a trail for the people coming behind you. You know, like not everybody can make it through that 
that trailblazing process, right? So it's really important for us to think about the people coming after and setting up not only like learning to navigate the operating system of the government or the acquisitions process, but doing our part to make that operating system work better for the people who come after us, right? Uh, like, I love that message. Couldn't agree with you more. It literally, everything changes. Everything changes when we take this mindset, when we dive, uh, dive wholeheartedly into just saying, you know what, there's got to be a way to be able to do it. We've got, there's got to be a way, a way to be able to make things happen. Um, it, it literally changes the environment, not only that we work in, but the things we're able to achieve. So Carrie, thank you so much for being with us here on Disruptive AF Podcast. Literally, it's been a blast. Dan and I always, we learn so much from you and all of our guests here at Disruptive AF. If you haven't had the chance, please make sure that you uh, subscribe. If you're watching YouTube, hit that subscribe button right over there and make sure you hit the bell to get notifications uh, for the great content that rolls out here. And also, if you're watching on Spotify or anywhere where podcasts are available, make sure you subscribe right here on Disruptive AF. Dan, we'll see you next week. And thanks for joining. We'll see you.